from, from WDM East Lansing. You're listening, you are to, the listening undercurrent. to the Undercurrent, a weekly radio show that, that brings you audio narratives from students at Michigan State, Michigan University. State University. From WDBM East Lansing, this is the Undercurrent. I am your host, Daniel Rizel. This is The Undercurrent's fourth season, episode number 12, and here at the news team, we can be pretty crafty with our titles. Honestly, this week was a bit tougher than usual. We had a few stories fall through, but managed to pull it off almost at the last second. So our title was lifted from a quote in a story you'll hear later on, Shame and Success. That's our theme today, chronicling those two very things. Our first story talks about academic probation and office hours something that holds a bit of a stigma in the academic world. I never liked going to office hours. It's awkward. I feel like I'm showing a sign of weakness or that I'm too slow to keep up with the class. And mostly, I just never know what to say, which I guess is pretty common. Then, a local coffee shop and how it can stay relevant in a growing corporate environment. And it can over-extract flavors or under-extract flavors or just straight up burn the beans. So we don't, we don't do that here. We're like very focused on the details of the coffee. From there, the world of Vine and its celebrities moving forward in the death of the social media outlet. Post-election or you know, a week before the election, like all I see in the comment section, Donald Trump this, Hillary Clinton that. So it's like, it's, it's pretty hard to, uh, you know, ignore it. Stay tuned. This is The Undercurrent. tuned in to The Undercurrent. This is MSU Student Radio. I'm your host, Daniel Rizel. We're talking about shame and success on today's show, and we pulled the title from this first story. Bradley Allen helps with web management at our station and is an occasional contributor to the show. Here he is documenting the struggle, including his own, of seeking help from professors. It's Monday afternoon, and I have a paper due on Tuesday morning. I'm really nervous about making sure my references and citations are done correctly. So I go to office hours. I meet my instructor, Amanda Morgan. She teaches social work 845, and her office is in the basement of Baker Hall. Hi. Thank you for uh, taking the time to see me. I never liked going to office hours. It's awkward. I feel like I'm showing a sign of weakness or that I'm too slow to keep up with the class. And mostly, I just never know what to say, which I guess is pretty common. We get students every single week in our advising sessions indicating I don't know what to talk about in office hours. That's Aaron Tucker, academic advisor at Michigan State University. Last September, the Neighborhood Student Success Collaborative held Academic Restart, a workshop series for students on academic probation. As an intern with the East Neighborhood, I helped organize the workshop. I also recorded it. Aaron's advice on getting off academic probation? Go to office hours. I have this uh, system. It's an acronym, RAFT, R-A-F-T. Review, ask questions, follow up test prep. So you always have a plan when you go and speak with your instructor in office hours. I was able to use RAFT as a method of staying on task while I got help with my paper. I asked questions. Is there anything else I need to like be prepared for? I followed up. I want to make sure that I'm citing everything properly. There's no exam for this course, so I didn't need test prep, but you get the idea. Grades are stressful. For undergraduates at MSU, there's a lot of pressure to do well. 
an extreme amount in some cases. With the transition from high school to college and moving away from home, maintaining good grades can be very difficult. It's no surprise why many students end up with a grade point average below a 2.0, which means academic probation. When we're talking about students who are on academic probation, what we really are talking about or what we're hoping that the conversation is going to lead to is a discussion about academic resilience. That's Dr. Janine Royal. South Neighborhood Director at Michigan State. We really are the student success gurus on this campus. Dr. Royal says she prefers the terms academic resilience to academic probation. She doesn't like probation because of the stigma attached to it. You know, anyone can end up on academic probation. You know, you have a bad semester, you have some challenging life situations. Sometimes just the transition to college life can give you a lot of challenges. But you find yourself in this position where you need to kind of look at what you've done how you performed, do some self-assessment, get some information about how to do things better and differently, and then re-engage the next semester. And so it's really about academic resilience, even though we use the language academic probation. Probation is a term that many associate with punishment, but that's not what it's supposed to be. Dr. Royal says academic probation is a status, not a label to define the student. For Dr. Royal, academic probation is also personal. I was that academic probation student. Through high school, I failed just about everything. And, you know, I was admitted to college on academic probation and then decided that I I wanted to learn how to do some things differently. I wanted to learn how to learn. I was also one of those students. In community college, I spent years on academic probation before I turned things around. Even in graduate school years later, I'm still learning how to learn. Here's an example. Last year, I made a citation error on a paper. My instructor called me into her office and questioned me. She needed to make sure I wasn't plagiarizing. I didn't try to be dishonest, but I did make a mistake. And that's why, for this paper, and for all of my papers since then, I make sure that I'm citing everything correctly. When I made those citation errors and my instructor confronted me about it, I was so afraid. My immediate reaction? I'm a failure. This is what DeAndre Carter, keynote speaker at Academic Restart, calls an SOS moment, an emergency. Carter says there's two ways to respond to these moments. You can respond with a mentality that puts success over shame, SOS, or shame over success. When you put shame over success, what you're saying is you're more worried about being embarrassed. Too much pride. When you put shame first, you get more shame on the back end. When you put success first, that says I'm willing to go to the tutors. I'm willing to go to the writing center. I'm willing to use all the resources because I put success first because success is what I want to get on the end of it. When you get your degree, after putting in all your hard work, nowhere on it will it say, a hashtag needed a tutor. Carter's message resonates with all students, not just those on academic probation. Dr. Royal expands on this idea, and her message to students is this. Regardless of your current academic situation, you belong here. I would just tell every student who's who's here, you're here because you're supposed to be. Michigan State opened the doors to you because they believe that you can be successful. You're not here by accident. You're here because you can graduate from MSU. So get connected with people, places, and things that allow you to be successful. For Impact Student Radio, I'm Bradley Allen. And you're listening to this on Impact 89FM. It's The Undercurrent, our weekly news and storytelling program. That last story was from Bradley Allen, and he used it, appropriately enough, as a class assignment at Michigan State. When he sent it in to me, he said that he got a good grade on it, just in case any of you are wondering. If you missed any part of our last story, or you're hoping to catch the rest of the show later, don't sweat it. 
All of our episodes are available online. You can find them at impact89fm.org. That's our website. We're also on iTunes, where you can find us by searching the undercurrent and looking for our black and red logo. We're always looking for new stories and ideas, so if you got one, feel free to shoot us an email. That's news, N-E-W-S, at impact89fm.org. I'm Daniel Raisel, your host. Our next story comes from reporter Nina Rao. She visits a local coffee shop, finding success in a corporate coffee world. Here she is. I decided to try out Strange Matter recently. Everyone's been talking about it. It's a coffee shop located in Lansing and apparently the hottest place in town. Before I proceed, you should know that I am addicted to coffee. I first tried it when I was 16 and never looked back. So I am very picky about my flavors. And when my friends encouraged me to give Strange Matter a try, I was like, why not? Even though I wanted to be different and alleviate myself from the mainstream, I couldn't say no to coffee. Just a quick side note, the interviews were recorded from my iPhone, so it might sound kind of different than usual. I come to Strange Matter because of the, the quality of the coffee. It's, um, it's kind of the, the top dog in Lansing, I guess, and so I really enjoy specialty coffee and what they have to offer here. Um, That's Alex, a Michigan really State here. student They're and really also talented. a lover so of coffee. I like when someone can, uh, can do something with coffee that I can't do myself at home. And he finds the setting very complimentary to the environment. Yeah, the, there's a lot of natural light, and so it feels pretty um, comfortable coming in. Um, there's a lot of brick walls, so the aesthetic is kind of set, and then you walk up, and it's a really um, just low-key environment. It's not very hustly and bustly, which is nice. Um, and then you grab your cup of coffee after about five minutes, and you can kind of chill in the ambiance or, or head out. Besides Alex, I met another person expressing his love for strange matter while I was waiting for my latte. Uh, my name is Nate Strauss. I am originally from Farmington Hills, Michigan, but I live in Lansing. Um, and I don't know, I love coffee. Nate comes to Strange Matter not only because it's on his way to work, but also because the coffee, espresso and everything, is actually better. He's given other places a try and they just can't seem to win over Strange Matter. And also because of its variety of choices for coffee. There's all kinds of different options that they have. Um, I don't know the exact name of everything, but all I know is all the packages are very colorful, so that must mean they're good. So yeah, you can definitely say that he's a dedicated customer. So I would say I come here probably two to three times a week um, on an average week, some weeks seven times a week, sometimes one time a week. Um, My favorite coffee for sure is their Nola iced coffee, so they take cold brew coffee and they put um, cream and sugar in it for you, and it's really, really good. So what is really so special about Strange Matter, though? What's their secret? Kate Gilley, one of the baristas, reveals this. So craft coffee is basically we control all the variables. We control the water temperature, the weight of the coffee, the time it takes to brew. And by controlling the variables, uh, we get the most flavor from the coffee. Um, we extract all of the oils in a way that doesn't damage the flavor of the coffee. If you use too hot of water, it can really change the flavor. So we make really great coffee here. <laughs> she explains how Strange Matter is actually different than most coffee shops. So most places use auto drip machines. And what those do is they just use water that's normally too hot. Um, they're not measuring how much is touching in contact with the coffee at a certain amount of time. And it can over-extract flavors or under-extract flavors or just straight-up burn the beans. Um, 
So we don't, we don't do that here. We're like very focused on the details of the coffee. Strange Matter is bigger than its customer turnout. It's part of a new movement called Third Wave Coffee. So uh, the second wave coffee is like considered when Starbucks came out and that whole idea of just like fast coffee. And then the third wave is now the craft coffee, controlling the variables and making a quality product, not just quantity. And Kate hopes that they continue to raise awareness and educate people about what goes into their coffee. Her goal is that by educating people on what they're consuming daily, can become practice for them to learn what goes inside their body regularly. We often eat meals that taste good or that's satisfying for us without actually learning what's really inside it. And it's important for us to know that we're taking care of our health. And that means reading those ingredients and nutrition labels. And for Kate, it starts with coffee. For Impact Student Radio, I'm Nina Rao. And I'm Daniel Raizel, your host of The Undercurrent. It's our weekly news and storytelling program. As always, if you miss any part of the show, our podcast is available on our website at impact89fm.org. We're also on iTunes. We've got another story for the show today. We're talking about shame and success on our episode. And this next one is from reporter Evan Saxner. Short-form video platform Vine was discontinued in October, in part because its biggest celebrities were leaving for competitors. Evan sat down with a couple students who found success of their own on the platform and who are now moving forward. Hate strawberries before he dies. Wait, strawberries. Fox News hates black people. Professor Jenkins is the murderer. Where are you getting this? With the world in danger, it's all up to one man and his cat. What the? F- it's a good idea, okay? Vine was a house favorite around the Impact office. Vine jokes found their way into our productions. Meetings were put on hold so we can find a Vine and all share a laugh together. We all loved Vine. So on October 27th, when Twitter, Vine's parent company, announced the death of Vine, we were all heartbroken. Enter Miles Hampton, a then-growing Vine creator. Now Instagrammer, I guess you could say, RIP, mm-hmm. forever and ever. Um, I make YouTube videos also. I have 430,000 followers on Vine. <laughs> Miles got to start Vining when his friend Kenny Knox introduced him to the platform. Me and Kenny, we've known each other since middle school. Um, we met in, I think, sixth grade, I think. We had a class together. And so like, we always be, we always, we've always been friends. Like, you know, he started um, making videos, you know, I would watch him film sometimes, but man, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I could do this, you know? And I was like, so I started asking about it and he's basically giving me some advice and I was like, oh, cool. So I'm gonna start doing it. And so I started doing it and he was like, damn, man, you're actually pretty good at this. I was like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah. So we just started making, yeah, we started making um, videos together and the rest is history. Even though we were surprised by Vine's death, Miles didn't have the same reaction. He thought the community that Vine had was stronger than the app itself and that Vine users are going to follow their creators elsewhere. Like, I knew, I always knew that Vine was on, like, the decline, but that never really fazed me because, like, the community that Vine has is the best com- community, hmm. like, around, period. Um, and so, like, all the all my followers, like, are really loyal and stuff. Like, I always see, I always see like, a lot. I see, like, a lot of the same names that comment under my Vines. Like, oh, this is something I'm like, oh, man, you, you comment a lot. Like, you're, you're really, like, you're loyal. Like, you really hang out a lot. Miles may not be able to post Vines anymore, but he's got plans for the future. Since he got accepted to MSU, Miles linked up with another social media star, Mike Smalls, famous for his live video broadcasts on a new platform, YouNow. Together, they are creating a new YouTube channel, Sandbox. And it's featuring myself along with Miles Hampton, YouNow or Viner. And we're collaborating to basically bring kind of a real life aspect with the, and we're incorporating the college life 
with our channel, you know, by doing a bunch of candid skits, um, you know, some interviews, but it's mostly it's mostly candid skits and incorporating a lot of students, you know, that, that attend Michigan State University. Um, I think it's going to be pretty big as long as we stay consistent with it and, you know, we push each other and we, we stay determined. But, um, but yeah, so that that's going to be that's that's going to be awesome. Even though Mike and Miles may have fun, they try to have their voices heard in a more serious light, especially since the election came up. I mean, like personally, like it's kind of hard to like ignore it, you know, when like for me, because I'm a live broadcaster. So like when I go live, you know, like post election or, you know, a week before the election, like all I see in the comment section, Donald Trump, this Hillary Clinton, that. So it's like it's, it's pretty hard to, uh, you know, ignore it. But like so, I mean. I really don't shy away from it, but I, I try not to make all my content, you know, strictly just, you know, politics, strictly just talking about Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I do. I, I do push my views out there and I, I do put my my opinion out there. But ultimately, um, I just don't I just don't make all my content, you know, based upon Donald Trump and all the politics, blah, 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 blah. blah. All right. Here's the thing. Uh oh. I don't want like I don't want to be known as like a political um, yeah. like comedian or whatever like I don't I try not to get too far into con- uh politics cuz it, it gets too deep but when Donald Trump came along <laughs> yeah he was coming after everybody so I was like man there's no way I could just let this man just say all this terrible stuff and just like and just be cool about it. Obviously, being a social media celebrity is not exactly the most common thing. So when I had the chance to speak with them, I couldn't resist asking Mike and Miles about their stories and thoughts on their fame. So like when I started social media in general, like I was uh, I was going into my I was going into my sophomore year in high school. Like I started my, my first social media platform was called Keek. I'm not sure if you guys heard that. I remember yeah. Keek. Yeah, it, I, hey I, Keekers. I, I, that was the first guy I tried to get big on. That was the yeah, first yeah. Guy I tried so to get like big on. it was kind of big. So I'm, I'm gonna start it. <laughs> so that's when I you know that's when I that was because I, I got big off that platform. But when I first started, um, you know, obviously when I went to school, you know, some people found out and they're you know they're making jokes about it, blah, 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 blah. So I was, I started having like that whole, maybe I should stop, you know, maybe I should keep going. You know, I'm tired of this, what people are saying, but I kept on going. And here's the story. So I liked this girl, right? I liked her, you know, mm-hmm. this was uh this is sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I was feeling her for a while and she was like, um she was a junior. Okay. She didn't like me back. Cause you know, I have, I have my boys go over there. She's like, Oh my goodness. No, he's not that cute. No, 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 no. So I got big on Keek. I got big on Keek. Then no. I got the opportunity to co-host the Teen Choice Awards for Nickelodeon on the red carpet. Came back that following um, that following year, okay. And for some odd reason, she started feeling me, okay. So mm-hmm. I'm so I was kind of a sucker for it. So I started texting her. I'm having a good time. Then she gonna ask me for a shout out on Twitter. I was like, huh? I had to cut her off. So I was like, man, like this stuff is like, actually getting serious. Mike and Miles also had things to say about their family's reactions. Dude, it sucks though, cause like. I'm I'm pretty vulgar in my vines. Mm. I I am, <laughs> and so like my so my parents would be looking at it. Surprisingly, they weren't all that crazy upset. I was like, oh cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. But um, my uncles and my aunts and my cousins, they're all so weird about it when they when they look at my vines. They'll be like, this is you. <laughs> like, yep. And they're like, I don't get this one because because it's like it's like young person comedy. So they'll be like confused. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember it was a time. Uh, this is back when I was doing Keek and stuff. And uh, Keek sounds. My like dad. I know, my dad. <laughs> my dad was over at his his parents' house, and then he was like, uh, he was talking to his dad about the stuff I was doing. And he pulled up like I see I seen like him pull out his phone, and then my heart started beating. I was like, "Oh my gosh, my grandpa's about to just watch one of my kicks." I was like, I "Really hope my dad picks like my viral one." He picks the one I was dancing in, at uh no at at uh 
McDonald's. And I was like, I was like grinding on the table and all that. And I was sitting right next to the table with him. And my granddad just looks up. Like, I'll never forget this look. He like, he didn't smile or anything. And then he started like, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> what do you do? What happened? Yeah, don't worry about that. After talking to Mike and Miles, I learned that being famous in any capacity, whether on social media or on the silver screen, it takes effort, determination, and hours of hard work. For Impact Student Radio, I'm Evan Saxner. I'm a big flirt. Ooh. I come to the club with my pants on my waist. Yeah. Oh. Everyone says, hold up, don't be late. I got three donuts in my pocket, no gas money, but I broke on my rocket. Ooh. I'm done right now. Reporter Evan Saxner with that last feature. That does it for this week's show. We talked about shame and success from the people who found one, the other, or both. Speaking of, I want you to hear something quick before I go. I've been working with the news team here at MSU Student Radio for about two years and hosting this show for about seven months. Back when I was a volunteer, one of my first audio stories aired around this time of year. That would have been back in 2014. It was about Record Store Day, the international celebration of independent record stores with exclusive releases and the likes. I've decided to listen back on this, and man, do I sound funny. My first memory of Record Store Day brings me back to a cold Chicago day in April 2012. Is that what I sound like now? Who hired me to do the show? My goal? Find a local store that's participating in Record Store Day. At the time, I had just a special thanks to our general manager, Ed Glazer, and our station manager, Audrey Matus. Our assistant news directors are Nina Rao and Cole Tunningly, and our program director is Michael Pomorski. You've been listening to The Undercurrent. I've been your host, Daniel Rizel, and if you missed a part of today's show, you can find the full thing online. Find it at impact89fm.org or on iTunes. We're also on Twitter at WDBM underscore current. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll hear from you next week. You've been listening. You've been listening to to the undercurrent. Undercurrent. The undercurrent from WDBM East Lansing.